Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... Hello everybody, welcome to Oddcast, movies, music and gaming, and here I am with Dan, Dreadful Dan G, how's it going? Hey, it's going really well, how are you? Yes, good, thank you, good, and today we're going to bring you another one of our episodes, Hit and a Shit, for those who don't know, we take a band or a subject and we each choose what we feel is a hit and we each choose what we feel is a shit, the best and the worst of said subject or band. And today we are going to be talking about Nirvana. Dan, Nirvana, will we ever stop talking about them? The no. Is no. <laughs> <laughs> Never. There's always Never. something, there's always some new angle, even now in 2021. That's true, that's true. So what? What? how hard was this for you for, to have to choose a hit and a shit? Really, really hard. Everything's a hit. So um, I had quite a lot of fun actually thinking, what am I going to pick as my hit? Because... There's some obvious choices, but I thought I want to present something that maybe you and I haven't listened to very much. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we could have a chat about that. Yeah. Um, but even harder was picking the shit because, yeah. in my opinion, there is no shit. Yeah. Um, and I really scraped the barrel of the um, with the lights out box set, and I was like, "There's still nothing coming up." That mm-hmm. I really, you know, there's some weaker stuff there, and especially some of the like really old, ragged recordings of covers and things and it's kind of like it's a bit unfair kind of putting that out as a shit when it's like like their second gig or something (laughs) yeah and it's not even this exactly so um i then thought i could go off piste and 
um, talk about some unreleased stuff. But I thought that's even that's even less fair. If it's stuff that they've actively decided <laughs> they shouldn't release. So yeah. um, in the end, I've, I've basically kind of whittled it down to what are my least favorite Nirvana songs. Yeah. Um, and there's there's like three. So okay. on the spur of the moment, I'm going to pick one of them. <laughs> okay. When you get to that point. How about yeah, you? I think, yeah, I think for me, like, yeah, same basically. I always feel like with Nirvana, like everything they touched just turned to gold. Um no matter what it was, they just had such a great system. They had such a great like factory that yeah. you could put anything in and it would come out the other side between them three, four, if you want to include Pat, but he really does include Pat, no one. And uh, it would come out the other <laughs> side. It would come out the other side. It's like, yeah, this like nice, perfect bit of gold, even when the song is absolutely dire. Um, so it was really hard to pick a hit. I kind of went with, I suppose, and the, what I feel is like my biggest hit right now, if that makes sense. Okay. So I went with the song that is probably my favorite song I like to listen to of Nirvana at the moment. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Cause it does change. Cause it's like, you know, I'm sure you're the same way you go through waves of Nirvana and then you're like, yeah. Oh, you like, I never really listened to, you know, I don't know, like fucking all apologies as much as I have all the others. And you think, this is actually amazing. And you'll listen to it again and again. And you're like, oh, yeah. I'm sick of it. And <laughs> you like, move on to something else in the next wave. So I guess what I'm trying to say is this is kind of like my current hit that I really yeah. feel like. And I, I'll kind of come to that. In terms of the shit, as you said, that's quite hard because it was like, I went through um, box set stuff, um, lights out and all that. And uh, as you said, it's a little bit unfair <laughs> But also, um, I quite, well, as we both know, we both quite like that lo-fi sound. So even when it's Kurt with a guitar doing whatever, um, it's like, yeah, and I can't really, like when you take joke songs like Beans or something, it's like, yeah. it's, like it's not really a Nirvana song. It's like, Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? I thought about Beans, but I was yeah. like, I actually really like it. So <laughs> Okay, well, there you go. So it's a, bit, it's a bit weird. So I took, I took a song that I was like, I just don't like this song as much as the others. Okay. standard across the ages of when I first listened to Nirvana, I was never about this song. I think you're going to call me insane. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. You're going to think it's pure sacrilege, but that's just how I feel. You're going to get a telling um, off. Huh? going to get a telling off. I will get a telling off. I can feel it already. <laughs> um, well, should we start? Should we start with it? Should we start with the shit? Because all shits are gold when it comes to Nirvana. Let's do so it. Hit that be, button. I'll hit my first shit. I brace which myself, is, which is the song Hairspray Queen. That's oh, outrageous. <laughs> Thank you. 
should preface this again by saying I like all Nirvana stuff. Yeah. I like it all. But with this, I always find it the most grating. I don't hate it. I don't yeah. actually think it's shit. I just don't like the sound of it. I don't like the screeching. I don't particularly like the guitar work. I don't like, I know it's weird. And I don't actually mind the chorus so much, which we've, I think we've discussed before. Mm. But for me, I'm just like it out of the entire Nirvana discography. Yeah. The whole body of work. I'm like, this lies at the bottom. That's just personal. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) My my heart's breaking here. This is my, (laughs) this is one of my favorites. Yeah. I I love all of this. Uh, You know, I love this Dale demo. This is from that Dale demo from January 1988. Mm. Um, If you're listening, you don't know why it's called the Dale demo. It's because Dale Craver played the drums. Mm. Um, This is the one, first session with Jack and Dino. um, Obviously got them the kind of deal with Sub Pop. I love it. I love how it starts with that really weird bass. Mm. Um, And it's just weird. It goes on and it becomes weirder throughout. I think it's got some of Kurt's like best and authentic like screaming on a lot of these okay. like these tracks, yep. which is cool. Yeah. Um it's just sprawling and you never know where it's going. And I just find it really catchy. I love yeah. this. Alongside, you know, like Aero Zeppelin and Beeswax. Um, I just I just love this batch of songs. And I think mm-hmm. these are some of the some of the best um from that tape. The kind of more conventional ones ended up on Bleach. But um, I like these weirder ones. So, yeah, I don't mind the weirder yeah. ones, and I do go back to Incesticide just as much as the other albums for that. That's it's a bit different and a bit weird, but this one just doesn't sit. It just never sat right with me, to be honest. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So, it's, it's I know, so it's sad not, though. It's not shit for you though, is it? <laughs> so it's actually started on a really great note. You got to listen to some Hairspray Queen. That's true. That's true. I should, yeah. That's just put me in a good mood just hearing it. (laughs) Um, Right. What are you going to give us, Dan? I'm going to give you my hit. Oh, lovely. Um, This This is a song that was recorded for the John Peel Mm -hmm. radio show. Um, The band did three John Peel sessions. Um, and this is the third one, and it was recorded 3rd of September 1991. Mm. Um, and at the time, none of this was none of this was released on Incesticide this session. So I always kind of think it's like the forgotten John Peel session. Um, all of it's kind of since come out on um, with the lights out and on the mm. Nevermind anniversary reissue. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is endless, nameless.
do love Endless Nameless. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, yeah, I always think of it as like the kind of one of the, just generally, it's like a forgotten Nirvana track just because it was like the, you know, for people that don't know, um, it first appeared at the end of Nevermind as a secret track at the end of Something in the Way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, famously Kurt smashed his guitar um, as it's recording. You can actually hear it smash uh, at one point. Um, and yeah, that's quite a nice, um, it, cause they used to play it live a lot and in their sets with it and whatever. Yeah. Um, at this point they must've been, they've been playing it for a while. So they've kind mm-hmm. of got that, that riff down, but I love yeah. how then it's just, like you said, it's, it's like, it's a good song cause it's got a cool, they figured out a cool riff and a cool like hook mm-hmm. and then they can just play around with it in like myriad ways and just improv yeah. it. And I feel like this was a successful version. It's, I think this might be like the longest. Um, maybe there are some shows where they closed it. Um, yeah. like, I think there's something like 20 minute long, like demolition jams and things. But um, I think this is like one of the longest versions. Mm. Maybe that's partly yeah. why I like it so much. They just really get a lot of mileage out of it on this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's great as well because it's very cathartic. Um, and yeah, it's so messy. And it's like, you know, just the fact that, as you said, it's got a good riff. They can do whatever the fuck they want about it. That bass is so like heavy and horrible yeah. and dirty. And he's just playing whatever the fuck he wants, like um, around it. And like, you know, I enjoy all that kind of random, noisy guitar stuff that, you know, well, yeah. I do as well. Um, but yeah, and able to kind of just scream his fucking lungs out. Um, and as those quiet, it still has that quiet, loud melody thing. It's not just like a wall of noise. It's still got like a dy- dynamicism. To it. Yeah. His guitar here, I don't know what they've done with it, but it sounds like a, a real squall. Like on the other songs on this session as well, it sounds quite noisy. Yeah. Um, Maybe and the drums here as well seem like particularly thunderous. Apparently they turned up really wrecked for this session. Oh, really? Yeah, it was produced by Dale Griffin, right? Which yeah. you might rec- you might recognize the name like from the incesticide credits. But um, okay. he was just he was just a BBC guy, you know. Right. Did a lot of production, and he said like he was really like sort of kind of a bit scared for Kurt. Why? <laughs> just because he was in such a state. Oh right, okay. Because he said he'd worked on the previous two Peel sessions, and um, they just turned up looking wrecked, like zombified. And he said, like, Chris and Dave like, looked pretty bad. But Kurt, um, he said he was, like, talking to him and he could tell he couldn't, like, he wasn't responding properly. Right. So he just, like, went to sleep on a sofa at the back of the room. Mm. And he was really thinking about, like, cancelling the session. And he said Chris and Dave basically went to the BBC canteen and got some food and some tea. <laughs> and kind of came back and were like, yeah, they were okay. Um, and he said he had to sit down with Kurt and have a chat about, are we going to actually do this? And is it going to be to the sufficient kind of, uh, level of quality the BBC expects mm-hmm. and that Nirvana expects. And apparently he was like, do you want to give it a go? And Kurt's like, yeah, why not? But he said like, he looked like shit and was like barely standing up. And he was, he was literally, he was um, <clears throat> thinking, you yeah, know, is this, is this guy going to be a, a drug casualty? Cause he was like, I've seen this so many times before. It was pretty yeah. sad, but, um. He's like, yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So they kind of bash this out and 
yeah, something quite like particularly sort of troubling, harrowing about some of these. Right. It does sound like really, really like apocalyptic. Mm. And then like, that's what this sounds like to me, this endless nameless. Yeah. I love how, Sorry, go on. I, I love how it opens this version. It's like doing like some weird heavy breathing thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you would love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Bloody love it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's weird that because it's um, when reading that Andy, what's it? Um, no, Andy thingy, the drummer for um, Captain America. Yeah. Um, Can't remember his name either. No, but yeah, reading that was quite interesting because it was like him being people don't know he he brought out a book because there was a support band for Nirvana around the UK whilst it was all kicking off back home uh, for them in America. Um, and yeah, around like Reading '91, so this would have been around this time. And he was just saying how like <laughs> it was like it was just weird because they were suddenly became the biggest band of all time, but by the end of the tour yeah. and um and really started out that way uh but yeah he was going to sleep all the time like during the day and all this stuff um and yeah i mean that's a current that's a common sorry um thing and you can imagine like you know the rock and roll lifestyle or whatever where you're just up doing you know late nights or whatever rocking the place out <laughs> And then, you know, not really, not really sleeping, waking up late. And then you have to do all this fucking TV stuff and traveling <clears throat> and sound check. And you do it again and again. Yeah. And yeah, it must be tough just to like, you just trying to catch a few hours sleep or whatever here and there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can imagine basically in the middle of all this stuff in 1991 around the UK that they probably would have looked like absolutely shit. Yeah. Minus anything that would have happened the night before. I think generally being on that tour would have been pretty tough. Um, um. That's uh, Nirvana Retort Diary by Andy Bollen. That's it, Andy Bollen. Yeah, it's a it's a quite an insightful little read. It's nice. It's not there's nothing that's yeah. gonna, like um, blow your mind. It's more just like he's like a normal person who got in a really good place at the right time and <laughs> what he perceived of like or be one of rock's fucking megastars. Um, yeah, you passed it on to me. I, I enjoyed it. Mm, for that reason that's just that little personal insight into a really fascinating time in the the band's history yeah it's quite an easy read to be honest as well it's pretty short Um, Um, the other thing I like about this version I don't know if you noticed this but at one point Kurt goes I think I'm turning Japanese I really think (laughs) so I think I'm turning (laughs) Japanese I really think so (laughs) it's great the, way, the rhythm he picks out to kind of enunciate it really works. <laughs> it's almost like he's got an ear for this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, good old Kurt. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Well, shall I um, turn you on to my hit? This please. So my hit is going to be, and to be honest, I didn't even think of a specific, you've gone with the radio appearance for Endless Nameless, but I'm just going to go bog standard album track. Okay. Which is... Radio friendly unit shifter. Yes. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. love it one of my favorites um oh, it's just so exciting mm. big hulking great big dark monstrous indie rock track yeah um i always think right like one of my little favorite things to do <laughs> in my strange sad little life <laughs> yeah. is re-sequence albums so they flow a bit better and maybe right. chuck in a few like bonus tracks and things take the shit out put the quality b-sides in that should have been out on the album and all this and in utero there's not really much i would change about it except i would swap server servants for radio friendly unit shifter because mm. i love all the um in utero tour starting with radio friendly unit shifter just works mm-hmm. such a cool opening track um because it's like explosive and like really propulsive out the gate yeah yeah i it's, love it it's funny that right so it's funny you say that because I always remember um, when 
obviously listening to a new tribe and because it was always at the end of the track it, as you said it feels i think this is why it's quite strange people might find it strange to have as a hit because it gets kind of lost yeah um, it's a bit buried in the yeah and uh but when you um and it's exactly the same thing i remember specifically the first time i saw live and loud mtv's live and loud and they came, they came out to ready for the unit shifter um, and people like, it's it's so weird because what people forget is that it was, you were very fucking lucky to basically be watching MTV and be like, oh my God, fucking Live and Loud is on tonight. I need to, like, yeah. I need to tape it or something. But like, if it, if ever it was just on MTV, like now you can watch the whole thing on fucking YouTube or whatever, or listen to it. It's out <laughs> as an album. I've got it on vinyl and all this stuff. It's, which is crazy because at the time it was just like this, like, cool properly recorded mtv live session that had um that had some tracks that uh you know were, were performed great obviously but also um obviously this is post in utero so this was coming towards the end of nirvana etc etc whatever anyway yeah um and yeah they have come out with uh, ready for the uni shifter and i remember that made such an impression with me where i heard that song in a completely new light um where as you said it is just like why the fuck were they not opening yeah opening the album with like i get why like serve the servants has that quite i would say weirdly commercially friendly kind of opening where it's like it's not too hardcore it's got yeah. that kind of like caught cool, that one like yeah how's that and then it's a bit catchy whatever um and you know the first like, lines tina james has paid off well blah 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 and all that stuff Whereas with this, it is like thump, thump, thump. It's like, you know, all pure noise, guitar washing around you. It's like creating this fucking atmosphere. And then it is the fact that it's, and this is what I always love about um, Kurt generally, and Nirvana obviously, is that it is simple as fuck. It's such a simple song. The whole song is just four chords, basically. Yeah. But everything that's around it, all the guitar feedback stuff is great. Dave's yes. drumming, again, Dave's drumming is really fucking, in theory, it's quite simple, but it is hard. And where it picks up towards the end and he's doing more of those, he's really locked in with the bass and yeah. um, and all that. It just, it's, yeah, as you said, it's completely powerful. And even when it's just like the whole crescendo is basically, you know, uh, Dave and Chris kind of bringing it up and Kurt's doing all of his feedback and it's just getting more and more intense. And then it just builds and relinquishes and goes off in the same thing yeah um it's great and the lyrics of like you know what is wrong with me and all that um perfect yeah it's just and i just listened to it and i'm like it's just like the quintessentially perfect nirvana song that people wouldn't probably associate nirvana for if that makes sense yeah spirit or something like that um it's kind of like the in utero version of aneurysm in a way, in the way it builds yeah. and builds and it's like excitement and it reaches that crescendo. And aneurysm, of course, was like a, a live set opener for a long time as well. Mm. I feel like they've got a kind of like a, a sibling thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, this does. This definitely feels like a progression, but also a regression in that it's not as complicated as aneurysm. Yeah. It's much more bare bones, yeah. um, but it's much more powerful in its simplicity, which is exactly what a new trove is all about, um, in my opinion. So yeah, that's a, that was my hit, and that's what I'm nice. kind of, that's my favorite at the moment, to be honest. 
love it. I've always got it on my gym playlists, like, yeah. like running as well. And I, I always wish, I think, oh, I'd love to be able to play this on the drums. Like you say, like especially towards the end of the song, he starts playing around a little mm. bit with some variations. Yeah, it's great. Did you know, did you hear the um, Albini mix that came out a few years ago? So, yes, but um, I tried to forget it. Oh, you didn't like it? Okay. No, I didn't like any of the Albini mixes. I was like, it's like someone's trying to rape my... It's like I've gone into like another timeline Yeah, and it's not as good and someone's going, this is what it should sound like. And I'm like, no, it's not not as good. I don't yeah. like it. Because um, it's all right having the original... Again, for people who don't know, like the... Um, Heart Shaped Box and Penny Roll T were remixed ahead of the album coming out. So it's all, I think it's cool to be able to hear the original Albini Heart Shaped Box and Penny Roll T. But this was like, these weren't the original mixes or something. And he remixed it. He, he did like, this is what I would have done. Yeah, he sat with Chris, I think, and they did it together or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have like a strong opinion on it whether it's good or bad, but I do have a strong opinion on Radio Friendly Unit Shifter because he fades down the end of the song. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, what, excuse me? <laughs> Why is the song ending? This is like my favourite bit. I'm just like, I just want this to extend out for like another 10 minutes, ideally. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't like, yeah. I, I've, I mean, like people know, anyone knows about Nirvana stuff, but basically, yeah. Those, everyone was fucking cacking their pants because they heard these the mixes of these tracks and Nirvana included, but all the record label were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and Kurt was like, yeah, um, it's there, but it doesn't sound right. And that's, you know, the way they often got it mixed properly. Um, uh, but yeah, I can, yeah, when I listen back to that, it's just like, no, don't like it. Sorry. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, I know there's like, oh, you listen to the, yeah, Steve Albini, I think, yeah, 2013, whatever, mix. Yeah. Like, nah, I'm right. Yeah. I think I remember it, how it was supposed to be and how Kurt was happy with it. Yeah. Good oh, call. Weirdness. Did you oh. know mm. the radio-friendly unit shifter, mm. the band played it live in the autumn of 1990? Oh, really? Yeah, it's that early. When I heard that, it blew my mind. Because it's one of those songs, like, basically when Kurt started living with Dave, they had this explosion mm. of songwriting in 1990. And you have all these new songs come on board. And, um, and then the story goes, like, all the songs that he was working on, like, throughout 92, 93, he, like, lost a lot of that material, didn't he? And he had to reach, yeah, he had to reach back for all this old stuff to put on in utero. So that still, like, that didn't really come to light until like probably ten years ago or something. I started hearing that story, and that blew my mind because then you realise like, like Darm and Penny Royalty, um, mm. Oh the Guilt, all apologies, they were all written before in uh, before Nevermind was recorded, mm. potentially could have gone on that album that I suppose he rejected them. So all of those songs, it's, it's, it's crazy. They all predate 
And yeah, and you can add like a radio friendly unit shifter to that list, apparently. I didn't know that. I knew there was there was a few. I didn't know radio friendly unit shifters was one of them. But it does it does make sense. I mean, that's the thing, like we've spoken about it before, how it's like everything that happened with Nirvana was in a short space of time. But all these songs, well, most of them anyway, were like whooshing around his head or had been played, as you said, jammed out, practiced or worked on at some point during, um, you know, their career. And I think you can hear some interviews where he's quite open about the fact that it's like, yeah, this isn't like a new song. <laughs> this has been, you know, but then you think, well, been around for ages or whatever, but really it's been like two years. Which in the grand scheme of things, isn't yeah, really that long is it? And that especially when you're recording another album, you're playing whatever, you still think that was like, yeah, it's a recent song I just haven't worked on in a bit. But for us, it's like, whoa, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a really fucking old song. Um, it's just because they went through so much in their short career, yeah, like big changes and things. That's the way to do yeah. it, Dan. That's the only yeah. way you really get famous. Got to do things quick. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, I agree. Do it young, quick. I mean, that's a piece of advice I would give anyone is don't do what me and Dan did, which is fuck about for ages. <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to, if you want to be like the next Kurt Nirvana, just do it young as quickly as possible, wholeheartedly and push it whilst you can, because you're going to get to a point where you're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't fanny um, about. Yeah. definitely. If you've got a good song, knock it out. Don't, don't work on it and perfect it for Years and years. Yeah, exactly. Or you can even Kurt did that. Yeah. Even Kurt did that, and all he ended up with was Sappy being released as a secret track on a AIDS compilation. Yeah, track he was never always tried out, but was never ever happy with. Yeah, um, which makes sense because I don't, I think it's actually um, not that great a song. I think it's a song where there is something in it, and he just didn't. This is me like fucking gatekeeping or whatever. Um, but as in, I feel like it's a song that has something in it, probably yeah. not the way he intended to do it or it, or it didn't sound quite right, but that's why he kept trying it. But it's still, he kept trying it the same way because he kept, <laughs> kept doing it. And then he just wasn't, he didn't really like it, but I can see that there's something there. But it's not- 100% agree with you on that. Mm. I think the best version is that, like 1988 just him on his four track doing yeah. it acoustically because yeah. that's got the kernel of like the emotion in that song and then trying to always do it as like a alternative rock arrangement just didn't work yeah it didn't work at all yeah. um yeah anyway it feels like we're talking about as if i've picked sappy as my uh shit and i haven't no <laughs> what is your shit what's your big pile of nirvana shit um well you know how normally a shit is uh brown yeah well, if it's healthy. <laughs> well, this one's decidedly unhealthy. Uh, it could have been produced by a Smurf because it's blue. color but blue a thing that you did in the past when you 
explodes that man's cock. It's <laughs> okay. Not even going to be, not even going to teach a subtle joke around it, just straight. That's no deep entendre here. <laughs> um, what a weird one for you to choose. Do you, do you really think it's that bad? I've never enjoyed it. I've never, ever enjoyed it, even as a teenager when we were getting into Nirvana. And I think the reason I don't like it is because I'd probably prefer it more if it was just buried away on Bleach. But it's the opening track, and they released it as a single here in the UK. And I think all the way basically till the end, like into 1994, they kept it in the set. I think the only other Bleach song they kind of kept in was School. Yeah. And maybe Floyd the Barber here and there. Mm. I did about a girl every now and then as well. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mm. I must think of that as like a different batch of... But anyway. Do they keep Love Buzz going? No, I think... I think Reading might be like the last time they did that. Jesus. Maybe, maybe here and there, I'm not sure. But mm. but blue seems to be like consistently played. So, and I always just think it's quite a weak weak one, really. It's like mid tempo, sort of quite to me like kind of stodgy, stodgy, quite heavy stodgy. metal, almost sounding. I feel like as well, it was written and recorded um, after they got the first contract with Sub Pop, mm. and. You know, Kurt spoke about how basically, you know, up until then, they were doing the kind of weirder stuff, like Hairspray Queen. (laughs) (laughs) And after they got the Sub Pop deal, you know, people are like, people come to Nevermind and like, oh, it's really commercial sounding. And and then it's not what Kurt wanted to be doing. And he went back and like said, oh, it's so poppy. But I think actually that was the album they wanted to make at that time. But I don't think Bleach was necessarily the album that he wanted to make. It seemed like it was actually kind of um, shaped to appeal to Sub Pop, who yeah. wanted to obviously keep manufacturing this uh, grunge Seattle sound. Mm. Um, well, he's, he said that, hasn't he? He said that he felt yeah. like forced to have to make a Sub Pop album rather than like a Nirvana album. Yeah, and I feel like Blue is kind of like entry number one in the evidence <laughs> to suggest that. It really sounds to me like, yeah, kind of like a, it could be any of those Seattle bands. And I think I don't like how the vocal melody follows the guitar line. But yeah. That feels quite, that feels very unkurt like. Normally mm-hmm. he would come up with some like fantastic melody to sit across all the music and uh, he's just following it. And it kind of sounds a bit droney to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. and they're all fair points. I think for me, um, it works better live than it. I mean, that probably that's why they played it live than it does on the record. Um, yeah. So when I hear, like, for instance, just I don't know, like the Wish Car version or whatever, it feels bigger. It feels like um, there's more of a build, and you know, a, it kind of has these crescendos where it's you know it does the drum feel. Um, so yeah, I can kind of get why. I imagine it might be quite fairly easy to, um, you know, play, and uh, he probably might have enjoyed it, which maybe why it lasted so long. Um, but yeah, I don't. I can see where you're coming from. Um, 
but I think if I'm looking at Bleach, I'd probably there's some other tracks which I'll probably pick before Blue, um, <laughs> before picking that as my shit. But um, it's weird you picked the very first Nirvana track. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing about it is this was the one where they like were accidentally in drop D or something. That's right. Yeah, and they dropped it down even further. They were like, so, hey, we've got to drop down our tuning, but they already <laughs> dropped down. So, yeah, so this was the only one that made it, wasn't it, out of those songs that they mistakenly yeah. recording in a different tuning. Maybe that's partly why I don't like it as well. That sound is quite unappealing to my ears. But I always think when they do it live as well, you, there was this like a, a bit of break when they have to start tuning and you always hear them and I think, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're already wasting time, and now we've got another four minutes. So we've got to listen to Blue before we can get back to. I like it, All right? But that's that's fair enough. As you said, uh, there's no shit Nirvana songs, really. No, 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 definitely not. To be honest, um, that's that was interesting. That's a hit and a shit for Nirvana. Yeah. What um, a strange little interesting insight, actually, that was into your tastes, Sam. Yeah. Well, yeah, and vice versa as well. Yeah. Um, we should do this again. Yeah. Again, one time. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I guess that's it for the, for hitting the shit this week. Um, and look out for the next one. Who knows what it's going to be? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we're not going to tell you. Um, no. Yeah, but they're always good fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully you heard something that you like. And talk to us about Nirvana. Message us in because we are Nirvana geeks, <laughs> basically. So happy to hear people's um, opinions. And don't just, well, happy to hear people's opinions, but don't just be like, what are you talking about? Smells like Teen Spirit is about, we don't hear any of that. Don't yeah, we don't want that. that. I want to hear interesting stuff, insightful, interesting stuff, not yeah. just you think we're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you've got the power of the uh, internet at your fingertips, people. So yeah, go and find some interesting Nirvana stuff and then tell us about it. Yeah. Because we, we want to know and we don't want to do the work ourselves. Um, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.